Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You are now listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. We're the folks who give you Lost and Rewound every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Listing it off. My name is Alon. And I'm Jimmy. And I'm Allison. And we've got high energy for you today. Yes. So we don't want to make you feel like, go, go, go. No, I'm, I'm going to keep it low energy. Baby. I'm a little tired. I'm tired today, though. What's going on? Maybe it's the weather. It, the no, weather's it's, been... it's sort of nice out today. These cold days, <laughs> you're bundled up and you have a chance to be on the computer a lot. Go over and visit our pledge page at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash pledge, where yes. you can contribute to the whole station. We are in 501c3, non-for-profit, so all of what you contribute to making Radio Free Brooklyn better will be for, uh, you know, will be tax deductible. So it's all for good causes. Or RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash LAR, where you can yeah. personally donate to us. Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org is our email address if you want to contribute any of your old audio from your yesteryears, of which makes Lost and Rewound the absolute zany time capsule that it is. Yeah, be a guest on our show. Call in from across the cosmos. <laughs> we could do it. I want more guests in different time zones. And uh, I want to like do math. It has to do with time. It, and then I'll feel like I'm getting closer to being a time villain. No time for delay. Let's get on to the show. Now. Like Lost and Rewound ties into the Danziger Zone in terms of how I got from there to here. We're going to tell a little story about the musical theater involvement this week. And uh, we have some non-Danziger Zone clips. We have some Woodstock Youth Theater clips. Uh, n- not, not to spoil any surprises, but we got something really exciting uh, lined up. Our slaps? Yep. It's going to be great. But before we begin, I wanted to just do a quick plug and say that uh, I am in fact directing my very first show coming up in March. And it, yeah, I'm producing and directing something, which, you know, why I mentioned the whole how I got from there to here thing, because I spent years as an actor and now here I am actually on the eve of directing actors for the first time, which has never happened before. For the first half, I want to cover the ground of some of these musical theater involvements I had as a youngster with our special guest that I conducted an interview with earlier in the week. I have on the phone Daniela Sumerano. She is an old friend of mine through the Woodstock Youth Theater growing up in Woodstock, New York. She is an actor. She is a teacher. Uh, really uh, everything that I am, but even more so, uh, just a smarter version of me and uh, a prettier version of me and also uh, a dog person. So welcome to this sort of unorthodox version of an interview for Lost and Rewound, Daniela Sumerano. Well, thank you, Elon. I am so sorry that I couldn't I couldn't be there today, that I, I can't call in during the show, but you know, this vagabond lifestyle we've got going. You know, it is funny the way our lives have kind of paralleled each other in terms of theater and performance and real estate and 
our fur babies. Yes, absolutely. I'm excited to talk to you. We have gone different paths with our acting, and uh, I guess the real question for you is, how did you get involved in acting at first? The story that my mother tells is, I think, like, early on in elementary school, kindergarten or first grade, a circus came to Edson Elementary in the Kingston School District where I grew up. And, you know, I saw them, and I was like, I want to do that. I want to be performing. So... That is my mother's version that, like, I insisted on performing. I believe this version, but I also think that I was a little nuts as a kid. I had a lot of energy, and when you break it down, the cost of, you know, enrolling in Woodstock Youth Theater or Missoula Children's Theater was probably a little bit cheaper than the local babysitter who, you know, I probably would have just driven crazy with all of my extra energy and need for attention. Which you did, I'm sure you probably did anyway, right? I mean, there's, we all drove our babysitters crazy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had so many scams going for like when they would get a babysitter, like they would talk like their best friend's kid into babysitting me and Leah on a Friday night and we would just like scam her on everything, like what we could watch, where we could go and we were like, you know, in elementary school, well, your sister, yeah, so you mentioned Leah. You have two sisters, yeah. and Leah, the middle sister, uh, effectively, she's an actor as well. She got more into the musical theater realm as an adult, but uh, even so, when you were younger, was that bug uh, manifested onto her, or was she sort of into it basically around the same time? really a musician and she is a traditionally trained singer and that's how she got involved in theater uh like me and with our family i think you know theater also served as a great babysitter (laughs) at the time that kind of kept our minds going it kept us occupied and we were not necessarily athletes so it was a great way to learn cooperation but leah really loves to sing and she's an amazing singer and um that's really what keeps her involved in performing. What did your parents even think? I mean, has there ever been anybody else in the family before uh, the gals of the Zumarano clan in Kingston, New York, to get involved in theater? Well, your parents must have been just like, what are we doing? How do we do this? You can't even imagine. My mother is an artist. She's the type of artist who locks herself in her studio, recoils at the presence of other people, has no interest in acting, in like, interacting with the outside world, right? And then she gets three little girls, because I also have my youngest sister, Alyssa, is also, right now, she's a professional stage hand and carpenter. Yeah. Um, And so my mother, who's like this naturally like recluse painter, jeweler, artist, um, ended up with three little like showboat hands just running around singing and acting. I remember since second grade, I've been acting out Les Miserables as, like, one of the prostitutes. <laughs> like, my mother was just like, I don't, this is not, it makes sense. All she wanted was an artist. She wanted an artist, and she got three performers. Okay. It's really not fair. So, so, fa- <laughs> so fast forward to 93, maybe, 92? 93. Was, Na- right here. was Charlie Brown your first Woodstock Youth Theater production? No. Oklahoma and Bye Bye Birdie were my first. When, she, when Beth was working at a UPAC in Kingston, those were my first Woodstock Youth Theater production. I did Bye Bye Birdie when Brody and Ken and the other Jeff Wait, and Memory. Really? 
That's yes. the, that I don't think I realize. Yes. So you're yes. you're you're doing you do you do Bye Bye Birdie as the like, you know when you play Rosie Alvarez and that was your oh, second yeah. time. My second time. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. We I got to reel back for one second here because okay. now we have another thing in common, which is is that and I don't think we actually covered this ever, but here we are covering it now on the phone. You and I have both done Bye Bye Birdie twice. And the second time I did Bye Bye Birdie was at Poughkeepsie Day School when I was in eighth grade. There was a production that they did, and I got a chance to play Conrad Birdie. So, yeah, right? Conrad? Yeah. to be Albert and Conrad in Bye Bye Birdie? Within the span of two years, right? Uh, And for whatever reason, they they decided to pick the... The pipsqueak, big-nosed brace face as Conrad Birdie. So go figure. They were clearly desperate for somebody with some talent. <laughs> I can picture it. Stage present. Okay, so Bye Bye Birdie uh, with the older, with the teens, effectively, was you, one of your first. And you played UPAC. This is sort of more significant for the locals, but um, UPAC yeah. is not a small theater. UPAC is a a very established theater in Kingston, New York, as a sort of a go-to for many out-of-town, big-name talent. Yeah, absolutely. I just got my mom tickets to Louis Black uh, in February, and Melissa Etheridge was here, you know, last month. So when we were growing up, Fiona Apple came to UPAC, uh-huh. and it's connected to the Bardabon now. So it is our local kind of professional theater. Mm-hmm. So your engagement with being just a part of the ensemble inspired you to tackle on more of these smaller ensemble roles, like, say, your good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> yes, I think that was kind of my transition or my family's transition from working with Beth at UPEC in Kingston to traveling to Woodstock and being a part of her Woodstock Youth Theater there. The Yorga Man Charlie Brown production that we did, nobody, well, that's not true. I was going to say, nobody wore any of the symbolic outfits that we know the Peanuts characters to wear. But uh, that was not true. There were some who did. But then at some point, it just sort of, I don't know if this was maybe a, a choice that they just sort of decided to only have Ike, who played Charlie Brown, wear the, you know, the symbolic yellow and black striped shirt. And Lucy had the bow in her hair. Well, wait a second. Lucy didn't have a bow in her hair. And then next thing you know, I'm looking like Alfalfa. Peppermint Patty, who you played, is like pigtails in a pink dress. And it's just everything. Just like kind of... Like Snoopy was probably the only other character uh, played by Jacob Troy other than uh, Ike as Charlie Brown that had any sort of relevant um, nature to the comic strip. I don't know if my memory is correct, but Alan Swenson, am yes. I saying that last name correct, played Lucy. And her mother was in charge of our costumes. And um, I I believe I remember working with her, too, for Bye Bye Birdie in terms of costumes. And I've always been a curvy girl. And I think they basically just put me in whatever they could find that would fit me from the Salvation Army. That's awesome. That is... I wore pink in Charlie Brown and a lot of mustard, I think, in uh, Bye Bye Birdie. (laughs) Now, Now it's coming to me. Uh, Valen's mom uh, was instrumental in so many of these productions, so I give her credit for making it work. I still don't know to this day why I look like Alfalfa, but I, I took it. Like, I was like, all right, Schroeder's going to be Alfalfa for this production. I got the buck teeth. Let's make it happen, kid. But uh, right now, I want to... Actually... Give... Okay. No, 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 you're about to say. Uh, did they give you a cowlick? Like, I do kind of vaguely remember... They like... absolutely gave me a cowlick. Like... <laughs> 
I mean, it, it wasn't nearly as prominent, but then again, I was only like ten, so it was it was the cow that hadn't reached puberty yet. It was Holy still yes, exactly. Right. I want this time actually to uh, play a clip of the two of us. Um, I prepared this clip from another production that we did that pretty much anybody who is listening to this will know very well. But uh, I'm going to play it, and uh, we'll we'll talk about it after. Oh, follow the yellow brick road. Now, which way do I go? Pardon me, but that's a very nice way to go. Who said that? <laughs> oh, don't be silly, Toto. Scarecrows can't talk. Of course, it's pleasant down that way, too. That's funny. Wasn't he pointing the other way before? Of course, people do go both ways. Why, you did say something, didn't you? Are you doing that to confuse me, or can't you make up your mind? That's the problem. I can't make up my mind. I haven't got a brain. Only straw. No brain? How can you talk? I don't know, but some people with no brains could do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I suppose so. Can't you get down? Uh, hmm. Let's see. Maybe I could help you. Of course, you. I'm not bright about things, but maybe if you just bent the nail a little bit, I would just slip up and... Oh, oh, there goes some of me again. Oh, did you hurt yourself? No, I just stick it back in again. Did I scare you? No, I just thought you hurt yourself. But I didn't scare you. I didn't think so. The crows come from miles away to eat my corn and laugh in my face. Oh, I'm a failure because I haven't got a brain. Well... What would you do if you had a brain? What would I do? Why, I would want away the hours, confer with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'd unravel every riddle for any individual in trouble or in pain. you'd be no worse off than you already are. That's true. But maybe you shouldn't. I have this witch mad at me and you could get in trouble. Witches? I'm not afraid of witches. Well, I'm not afraid of anything. Except the light and match. Well, I can certainly see why. 
but I'd face a whole box of them just for the chance of getting some brains. Look, I won't be in any trouble. I don't need a thing, and I won't try to manage things because I haven't got a brain. Oh, please, won't you take me with you? Oh, of course I will. Hooray! We're up to see the wizard! Well. Oh, dearie, you're not starting off very well, oh, are you? Oh, I'll try. I really will. To Oz? To Oz! We're up to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. We hear he is the wizard, the wizard. So that was our first time singing together uh, on a stage, and that was also you, Pac, I think, right? Yes. No, you're absolutely correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big theater, too. Very big theater. Our, the local uh, high school that you, you didn't go to uh, and I avoided going to. So, uh, Natch, right. thoughts that go into your head uh, from that production. Um, I mean, that was uh, an, an amazing opportunity. Bang. Boom. Done. Dorothy. <laughs> well, sure. You know, a celebrity power couple is essentially born, right? Right. Uh, you and I would would go on to partner in another musical. I mean, you got to give the audience what they want. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I love how um, when we sing "Off to See the Wizard," like I, like one sentence is into it, I'm like out of breath. I'm, I'm just like I'm trying so hard, and I think we're skipping, and I can just hear myself like, "I'm okay." I'm okay. <laughs> so you know, that's some vocal technique to work on. That, you know, I guess I've never really learned, but um, I love that. I love hearing you. Aww, You're thank you. Again. Girl, thank you. I honestly, like, one of the things that brings me back is just how, I think that was probably one of the biggest productions that I had done at that point as, a, mm-hmm. like, a principal character. So there were just so many young kids, and we were all were getting dressed in one of the classrooms, and it was just, like, it was a lot. <laughs> I was not comfortable at all, like, getting dressed in front of oh. other kids at that time. Older, younger, what have you. So I was just like, oh, my God, this is a lot. Everything smells like glitter, and everybody's, like, half naked. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I can't deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> find, me, <laughs> find me a private bathroom, and I'll just get this scarecrow shit on right, and I don't have to worry about it. Oh, that's so funny. But that, that um, that's 11 for you in a nutshell, right? Uh, yes, but can I tell you, I... Like, a, a memory just popped back. So I, I had, like, a little bit bit of a different experience from you. Um, I, I don't think from the classroom changing perspective, but there was a boy who went to my church who also went to Aunt Jura, and um, I had such a crush on him. And I felt so special in my Dorothy outfit that I used to purposely go to the bathroom in the Aunt Jura school section. I would come out of, like, our changing area and go to the bathroom and, like, try and... <laughs> and be spotted by, um, like, as many of the high school students as possible because I thought I was, like, so cool. <laughs> I'm the star of the show. Strike up a conversation. Yeah. I mean, like, that girl's a star. <laughs> That's and wonderful. And then, like, hoping that my crush would just, like, inadvertently, oh, me? Oh, yeah, I'm doing a, I'm doing a little theater show. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I guess you can tell I'm Dorothy, you know, just 
very casually and nonchalantly. Yeah. You know, good to see you, good to run into you. <laughs> That's <laughs> been great. Like, what a little psychopath, but hey. I have one more clip I want to play for you. There is another clip uh, that we're going to be playing on this episode from this production, but for the sake of just uh, keeping with the theme of our, as you sort of teased just after the clip uh, previously played, our um, panache for duets and working together. <laughs> um, let's just play it and then we'll talk about this because I have so many thoughts and uh, you know what I'm getting to, so let, let's not delay. Yeah, can't wait. Well, Albert, here I am, 6.30 on the button. Where's the train? It left at 6.25. But, Albert, you told me to be here With at... Conrad. At 6.30, I know. With be- Mama. Albert, you wanted us to miss that train. It stands to reason, Rose. Why take a train to New York while we have two tickets to Pumpkin Falls, Iowa? What's in Pumpkin Falls, Iowa? Um, an opening the teaching staff. I run today's paper. They need someone to teach domestic science and English. And you know, they better get your documents ready because, well, they prefer the applicant was married. Oh, Albert. Rosie. Did anyone ever tell you that's the most sweetest name in the world? I was never crazy for flowers. I confess that nothing left me colder. I could watch a daisy for hours. And all it did was leave me several hours older. I like to please, any blue you please. All that it did was make me shrug or sneeze. But now I love each blossom that I see. For a lovely little rose loves me. And now my life is rosy. Since I found my Rosie. With a girl like Rosie. How could I be Hand in hand will mosey Me and little Rosie We will be so cozy By a fire Oh, I once heard a poem that goes A rose is a rose is a rose Well, I don't agree Take it from me there's one rose sweeter than any that grows, and that's my Rosie. I'm so glad she chose me. Life is one sweet, beautiful song to me. And now my life is Rosie. Since I found my Rosie to the picture of girl with a girl like Rosie. How could I be blue? Oh, we'll have a simple out west A nice little split level nest And in every room, roses in blue But there's one rose sweeter than all of the rest And that's my rose I'm so glad you chose me Life is one Beautiful song when love is right, then what could be wrong when life is one sweet, beautiful song to me? The feels! So many feels! 
You were. You were while we were listening to it. You were singing along a little bit. Um, so, okay. Let's let's throw it all on the table here. We've talked about this um, one-on-one with each other, but um, that was when I developed, like, the most massive crush on you. And also, this particular performance, you managed to plow through with really, like, on, in my opinion, really flying colors in spite of not having your voice fully there. Could you talk about that a little bit? Oh, that's right. I do remember that. I, <laughs> I think I was the first one that got sick. And then Lindsay, who played Kim, got sick, and I felt so guilty because her dad came back to our classroom dressing rooms, and we were both, like, hacking up lungs, and he was talking to her about just, like, you know, getting out. But anyways, like, um, I've never been confident in my singing, so I don't really know that that it changed the quality of my singing. I remember Beth, like, standing in the audience, like, screaming at me because... I would either, like, drop an octave <laughs> or, like, sing a, like, a note that was, like, har- harmonic. I don't know if that's the right word, but, like, I would always try and avoid the higher notes, um, whatever part I was playing, and she'd be like, just kidding, that note! <laughs> like, I, I can't, I was so shy singing, you know? But I, th- I actually, it's funny, the memories that you have, I do remember that I, I lost my voice, and then... You know, I gave it to our other female yeah. lead. It was a really fun production, seeing, like, how everybody was cast. Like, it wasn't necessarily typecast at all. Everybody was sort of, like, very mismatched, and and it just felt really, really wonderful to be able to work with everybody okay. anyway. Well, speaking about mismatched, one of my strongest memories of that show is so I'm a sixth grade girl. I think you're a sixth grade boy. So I am considerably larger than you. I'm a little wide. I'm a little curvy. And I think I might even be taller than you. So when we're, like, choreographing that last number, when, like, normally, like, the guy would pick up the girl, <laughs> we get choreographed that I pick you up on my back. Yep. Like. Totally. <laughs> that happened. Am I remembering that? Yo, yo, that happened. That was videotaped. <laughs> Girl. Yeah. It was very clear. Well, I mean, I mean, look, everybody was taller than me. That's pretty much what I'm getting at. So, like, I'm playing the main character, and Mae Peterson, the mother character, played by uh, Shannon Wolf, she is taller than most guys were at that age. But even so, like, my mother was hovering over both of us, and it was just really funny because, not to, not to like, make anything about, you know, like, body image and everything. I think it was rather amusing, the fact that, like, she killed it. She was amazing. I mean, she's in, was an incredible Mama Peterson. But watching the videotape and just looking at this tiny little pipsqueak, I can't help but be like, man, somehow Beth believed in this kid regardless of the fact that he was tinier than even his female counterparts to rock this part. So, you know, I had my first stage kiss. 
kiss, but my first kiss ever was with you yeah. at the end of that song that you just played. And for that, but here's the funny thing, for that particular Maybe it was for all the, uh, I think it was six shows we did. I want to say that mm-hmm. maybe for just that one that was videotaped, because I can't recall offhand, we didn't kiss outright because I didn't want to catch what you had. <laughs> so we did, we did like a side kiss. We did like a side kiss, which was like super, super kitty innocent. And I took it. Like, I was like, yeah, all right, we can do this. But like, yeah. That that just sat with me for years, and I was like, yeah, that is how Alain Danziger would d- totally rock a love interest, you know, p- pinnacle peak moment at the very, very end. Going for the cheek. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> going for the cheek. Um, this has been so much fun. Uh, I'm really glad that we got a chance to chat about this. Uh, I, I gotta say, I was watching these videos and uh, preparing them for today's episode, and, you know, I, I know that it, it doesn't really give justice the audio can only do so much when the visuals are so bright and uh, vibrant and tell such a huge story. Uh, but the least I could do is bring a little bit of it to life in the audio form. And having you be hearing some of it back with me uh, totally warms my heart. Oh, my God. Well, I feel like this made my ear. I've, like, just the memories. And I'm laughing so hard. It's so sweet. It's so, you, we can't talk about it too often because it'll, like, ruin it. But it's... Ah, you know, it's like, it's precious. All of it. So precious. Danielle Sumerano here on Lost and Rewound for a very special remote uh, from uh, my office at the house interview. (laughs) And uh, we'll be back with more on Lost and Rewound right after this. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. so cute she has a good voice i like her voice like in general just like her speaking voice is really nice she's great she's impressed with her personality yeah she's like super jolly she seems, she seems pleasant no nah, she's 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 a she's a keeper she's uh one of the best strongest most consistent friends i've had in my life uh and lo and behold it's because of the theater that we are connected so i have the woodstock youth theater to thank for that well uh, i was just wondering about stage kisses right yes it was the fact that she said that your, her first kiss yes. was a stage kiss with you. Yes. Have you ever had a stage kiss, Allison, like when you were a kid in high school? Oh, when I was a kid. No, I don't think so. I had one as well. And when well, I had a stage kiss... When you were kiss, Demetrius, right? I was Demetrius. I think I might have had... I had two in that play. And it was with two different women. Because it's Midsummer Night's Dream. Which yeah. Is, you know, <laughs> everybody's trying to hook up with everybody. That's the whole idea. Yes. And... One of the girls had a crush on me. Cool. Which she was some sort of marry me religion. That, you know, she was like that. She had, she had broached that to me. She oh, was dear. like, "Hey, why don't you why don't you ask me to marry?" I was like, "I don't oh. know about this." Or some some scenario to that marry effect. Me religion, like what? Like what, in what sense? And she was a virgin. She probably had a like a virgin ring or something. Something. I don't know. I'm not. I don't like to get. You know, I'm not a soapboxy kind of person. This wasn't for me. Let's move on to another clip that I've prepared for this episode. This is me and Charlie Brown when I was aforementioned Alfalfa slash Schroeder. I got a chance to do some three-part harmonies with 
uh, an aforementioned Valen Swenson, now Valen Cuscarella, aka DJ Ladyverse in Woodstock, New York, and uh, a guy by the name of Ike Shaw, who never went to my high school, but he works now as like a director of admissions at my old high school. Okay. So Charlie Brown, Lucy Schroeder, and I guess a little bit of Linus here. A book report on Peter Rabbit. A book the name of the book about which this book report is about is Peter Rabbit, which is about this rabbit. I found it very, I like the part where it was a, it reminded me of Robin Hood. And the part where Little John jumped from the rock to the sheriff of Nottingham's back. And then Robin, everyone swung from the trees in a sudden surprise attack. And they captured the sheriff and all went good and they carried him back to their camp in the woods and the sheriff was kissing the dinner and all but a ringing away and he said the car. His man rushed in, the owls flew. Peter Rabbit the sort of that kind of thing too. The other people's name was McGregor. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Hmm. In examining such a work as Peter Rabbit, it is important that the superficial characteristics of its deceptively simple plot should not be allowed to blind the reader to the more substantial fabric of its deeper motivations. In this report, I plan to discuss the sociological implications of family pressures so great as to drive an otherwise moral rabbit to commit acts of thievery which he consciously knew were against the law. I also hope to explore the personality of Mr. McGregor and his conflicting roles as farmer and humanitarian. When I'm not really arrested, it could upset my thinking, which is not good at all. I'll get a fresh start tomorrow, and it's not due till Wednesday, so I'll have all of Tuesday unless something should happen. Why does this always happen? I should be outside playing, getting fresh air and sunshine. I work best under pressure, and there'll be lots of pressure if I wait till tomorrow. I should start writing now, but if I start writing now when I'm not really arrested, it could upset my thinking, which is not good at all. The name of the rabbit was Peter. From 4, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Ha! Down came the staff, but his head smashed. And Ron fell like a sack full of lead crash. The sheriff laughed and he left him for dead. Ah! But he was wrong. 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 40. Just said it As you can tell from the story of Peter Rabbit, which Lucy Port is about. How do they expect us to write a book report of any quality? 
us today. How can they conspire to make life so miserable? And so effectively, in so many ways. Not to mention the extreme pressure exerted on him by his deeply rooted rivalry with Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail. If I start writing now, well, I'm not really writing this book. I'm set my thinking, which is not good at all. The very, very, very end Amen. A book report on Peter Rabbit. Most fun book report I ever did. <laughs> I mean, you sang so fast. Yeah, dude. <laughs> also, that whole sociological, there's that, that well, like two with, or with, three minute line. Matt Rosenberg was the one who was playing Linus who was doing the talking parts. And so uh, I was playing Schroeder, the one who was connecting Peter Rabbit with Robin Hood. Yes. Like my breath, like I couldn't even do all the lines in one breath because it was just so many words I was trying to sing. Which is crazy because now I have the breath control, but clearly I did not then as like a 55-pound weakling. Listen to this. I'm glad because in the future, when I do hope to have children, I feel like if if they tell me they come home and they're like, Dad, I'm I'm going to be in the in the musical... I'm going to be like, can I talk to the director? <laughs> Maybe we can make this a drama. <laughs> or a comedy. Oh. But sans song. If done well, musical theater is fucking badass. It's like the best. But a lot of times it's done not well. I'm spoiled from New York. Yeah. I've seen Broadway. Here's a good one to listen to. Uh, since Jimmy's such a fan of musical theater, we're, we're, we're going <laughs> yes. to take it to the absolute extreme. I would say that both of my Bye Bye Birdie experiences were more or less positive, even in spite of the fact that the show, in retrospect, is not a great show. It's got really cringeworthy lines. There's like a line where I think Albert's like, I am man, you will listen to me. Really, oh, yeah. nice. There are a lot of... Um... If you watch old movies, old plays, the amount of misogynistic lines and things that just kind of oh, slip out are crazy. It is so, yeah, it's crazy. This play is so misogynistic. It's terrible. Even this clip begins with more indication of language that would never fly now. But it's got a classic in it. It's got a banger. Musical theater banger. You could put those three words together. <laughs> I mean, uh, like again, there's for some reason, there's one musical that I like. And it's how to succeed in business without really trying. Oh, and there's yeah. a whole song in that about how you shouldn't molest your secretary. All right, all right, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sec- secretary about- is not a toy. Not a toy. It's true. You not no, a toy. my boy. No, my boy. All right, let's, let's take a listen to this one. What's the matter with them? Oh, they're just sad because they think that Conrad Bird, when he gets back from the army, they'll be too old for him. Well, why? Oh. Oh, I'm Albert Peterson, Conrad Birdie's manager. Ah. Things can't be that black. Smile. Little girl, this is an adult speaking. I order you to smile. Please. Great 
I've been on the show long enough now that I know I can I can listen to a group of kids on a cold tape and know your voice. I know your vocal timbre as a kid. It's true. And <laughs> what it is is that you sound like really Jewish for a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever if I hear someone singing, I'm like, well, it's the most Jewish sounding one. Like it's definitely a lot. Yeah. If there's only one way to uh, make a misogynistic number, Ooh, right? Smile. Yeah, exactly. Smile the song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But see, I've also seen like white construction worker tell the Mexican man behind the counter making a salad to smile, Miguel. Well, at, Mc- like, at McDonald's, that, at McDonald's, you're allowed mean, to like, request it. It's on the menu. No. Or, yeah, it is. No. Yeah. In they, what way? I don't go to McDonald's. Is that like asking Cold Stone Creamery folks to wish you happy birthday? If you look on the menu, at, at, they might have taken it away. But when I was a kid, all the time I would look for it and I would do it every so often. Like after I got my food, so I knew it wouldn't spit in it because I'm probably mad about it. You look on the thing and it would say smile on the menu and you look at the price and it says free. You can Ugh. order it and you go, can I have a smile, please? And they'll literally Gross. like this awful, like curses, blood curdling smile oh <laughs> will creep across their face. No to anyone listening. <laughs> like they're so angry, but if they have to ever tell it. me to smile, I will fucking kick you in the fucking face. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Like when you said like a man will ask another man to smile. I was just thinking if a man, oh, but it's true. if a man asked me to smile, I've seen like, it hey, happen. Bro, why don't you smile? Like I, I would put him through a window. <laughs> I would bust out all the moves. But so we say it's misogynistic. We think I'm a luchador. But in that case, it would have been racist, right? Because it's a white man to a Hispanic man. Sure. I think it's I don't just, know, like, maybe just like, you know, don't tell people how what to feel. To, exactly. How to, <laughs> maybe it's not your business. Little girl, I order you to smile. <laughs> smile please. <laughs> well, I think it's like telling someone to do anything. This is America. You tell her, did you just, did you, what? Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Did you just tell me to do something? Because <laughs> oh. I tell you, I'm the only one tells me to tell, you know, yeah. 
So that's the situation. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things wrong with the way that the show is written. There's even a song called One Boy, One Special Boy. That's the way it should be. No, not necessarily. Uh, just, yeah, like there's plenty of folks out there who are non-monogamous polyamorous who are boy, like, one special yeah, boy. like I'm allowed how many ever partners I want. God damn it. What if my special boy dies? Then what do I yeah, do, Alon? Exactly. <laughs> and we're not, we're, we're not special. I think this is something that was. What a if my special boy has three special women on the side, Alon? Whoa! Well, I know that I know that you that you folks are like a lot older than me, so. I don't... <laughs> oh my my favorite, my favorite part of that show is is when because for whatever reason, the director decided to keep all these very adult theme sections of the original production in this high, not even this middle school production. So there's like a, a scene where uh, Daniela's character goes out, not on the town, and goes out to a bar and orders like some scotches and then dances for a whole like group of Shriners who aren't even wearing <laughs> Shriner hats, first of all, in this production. Oh, a little free liquor. And that, then that deserves a dance. And exactly. <laughs> and so she dances and like all the guys start like chasing after her and it's like, whoa, that's a very adult theme. I saw a meme and it was like just the difference in what's socially acceptable five women chasing after a guy and he's like heartthrob and then had five guys chasing after a woman and it was like rape <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah that's a double standard right it is a double standard for our oh final God. clip of the show we uh have gotten to the main event this is our uh, source of the recreation theater here here's how this would work we're going to play the clip first and then we are going to instantaneously reenact the clip that you will be hearing what we are about to hear is sixth grade I'm playing Max Detweiler in a production of Sound of Music. Also featured here was aforementioned Charlie Brown from a previous clip before, Ike Shaw, and then a lady by the name of uh, uh, Lila Carey, now Lila Mortimer. Right. Actually, former guest Joey Carey's older sister was in this. Hey, Detweiler, while you were up, there was a long-distance call from Berlin for you. <laughs> who will be calling me from Berlin? They said you'd know who it was. Thank you, Franz. Gail, what were we just talking about? Max, this isn't the first call you've gotten from Berlin. Gail, you know I can't help it if I have no political convictions. Can I help it if others have? Let's not stir that up again. The Germans have promised not to invade Austria. Max knows that. Then why does he keep on answering those calls from Berlin? Because if people don't keep their promises, I may have to make some friends among them. Naturally. Oh, you agree too? Gail, this is the way I see it. There was a man who was dying. They were giving the last rites. They asked him, do you renounce the devil and all his works? And he said, at this time, I prefer not to make any enemies. Georg, if they were to invade, would you defy them? Yes. Do you realize what happened to you? To your property? To your children? To everyone close to you? To Elsa? To me? What will you do if they invade us? But if they sense with you, just sit down, wait for it to all blow over. And you think it will? One thing is for sure. Nothing you will do will make any difference. Relax, darling. Don't look so serious. Take the world off your shoulders. You dear attractive dewy-eyed idealist. Today you have to learn to be a realist. You may be bent on doing deeds of daring do. But don't forget the shark would Science. 
singing that song but yeah i'll get you to get some lines out of me <laughs> no i forget how this, the beat starts <laughs> <laughs> well let's do the, the lines first since we clearly have to do lines anyway so let's get it going i'm franz and who else am i you're also going to be the captain i'm going to be max detweiler again I'm franz and captain yes right. and then uh allison you will play the baroness and who's franz again in this story he's just like the butler he's just the butler yeah. and the captain is the, is the, the guy captain. Yeah, is the fucking captain? <laughs> it's, fucking, it's, fucking, it's, fucking, it's fucking Christopher Plummer in the original Sound of oh, Music movie. He should have been the captain. Lauren, let's make this happen. Herr Detweiler, when you were gone, there was a call from you from Berlin. Who could be calling me from Berlin? Uh, they said you'd know who it was. <laughs> oh, thank you, Franz. Georg, what would Max? This is not the first call you've had from Berlin. Georg, you know I have no political convictions. Can I help it if other people have? <laughs> Oh, Max, don't start that up again. The Germans have promised not to invade Austria. Max knows that. Then why does he bother the calls from Berlin? Because if they don't keep their promise, I want to have some friends among them. Naturally. Oh, you agree too? Georg, this is the way I look at it. There was a man who was dying. They were giving him the last rites, and they asked him, Do you renounce the devil and all his works? And he said, At this moment, I prefer not to make any enemies. Georg, if they should invade us, would you defy them? Yes. Do you realize what might happen to you? To your property? To your children. To everyone close to you, to Elsa, and to me. And what would you do if they come? Huh. What would anyone with any sense would do? Just sit tight and wait for it all to blow over. <laughs> you do think it works? One thing is for sure. Nothing you do, what you can do, will make any difference. Oh, don't look so serious, darling. 
Take the world off your shoulders. Relax. And then, <laughs> that last line. Most of what America thinks. Uh, do you it. Know, you do you're it. attractive. Do you hide idealist. Oh Today you have to learn to be a realist. <laughs> <laughs> a realist. <laughs> a realist. You do like seven of herring do. But up against the shark, what can a herring do? Be wise. Oh, no. There we go. Be, be wise. Compromise. Compromise <laughs> and be wise. <laughs> Let them think they're on your side. Be not committal. <laughs> I will not bow my head to the men I despise. You won't have to bow your head. Just stoop a little. Why not learn to put your faith in your reliance <laughs> on an obvious and simple fact of science? <laughs> One. Two, a crazy, three, a three. crazy planet full of crazy people of something all around the sky, and every time it turns, another <laughs> somersault, another day goes by. Wait, no, 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 How no, do no, I no, go? No, you're going a little fast. You're going fast. Another day goes, goes by, and there's no way to stop it. No, there's no way to stop it. You know, you can't stop it even if you try. <laughs> So I'm not going to worry, no, I'm not going to worry every time I see another day go by. Beautiful. This track is amazing. Oh, I love this track. Well, somersaulting at a cockeyed angle, we make a cockeyed circle around the sun. And when we circle back to where we started from, another year has run. And, and there's, there's no way to stop it. No, there's no way to stop it. If the Earth wants to roll around the sun, do do do. You're a fool if you worry. You're a fool if you worry over anything but little number one. That's you. It's I. And I. And me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that all-absorbing <laughs> character. That's the most creature. Me. <laughs> me. Me. It's you. So every star on every whirling planet <laughs> and every constellation in the sky revolves around the center of the universe. That lovely thing called... And there's no way to stop it, and there's no way to stop it, and I know, though I cannot tell you why. Charming. Just as long as I'm living, just as long as I'm living, there'll be nothing else as wonderful as I. I? What? I. 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 Nothing else is wonderful as I. Includes another edition of Recreation <laughs> Theater brought to you by Lost and Rewound. Is this, it. <laughs> this is a song about like just what do you call that when you just chill with Nazis? <laughs> <laughs> you just let shit happen. No, but there was a word for that. What do you mean? What, like the, co coverting with the enemy? No, no, no. There's like a word for like. The, 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 like the French did it, and it's just what do you call it? There's a word. You're the World War II buff. I you know. Should be and knowing that's why I'm not. Things. I'm not. Uh, the fact that I'm not getting it is, is bad. I, I'm frankly very disappointed in you, James, because I know. I, considering your like interest in all things Hitler, World War II, and oh no, I want to redo the song. It wasn't good enough. No, it was great. <laughs> you, 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 you held I it. Nail my first line. You, you, you made it work. <laughs> I, I'm a terrible conductor. You had a lot of lines in that thing. That was why. I loved your captain's voice. It was. I don't know. Could you could you like talk a little bit in your captain's voice just so? Oh, just. I only. Why are we getting on the calls from Berlin? 
Fighters and cards. Dude, that, that, that's the way Christopher Plummer should have been talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I feel like I'm so close to uh, finding out because, like, the Vichy French were. It's with C. Christopher Plummer took over yeah. for Kevin Spacey, right? Oh yeah. That's why I was like, I was like looking up uh, the movie last night, and I, was, and I was trying to like wrap my head around the fact that Christopher Plummer uh, just got nominated for a Golden Globe, and also was the guy who played opposite Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music. So like, this guy's been around for freaking ever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm never gonna get this uh, word. No, it's okay. We'll f- <laughs> we'll figure it out. It'll be all right. But meantime, uh, thank you all for indulging us on this rabble rousing edition. Uh, this is what happens when we don't have guests booked. I come in and I throw a Hail Mary and it uh, usually ends up with me uh, taking full control and direction of what happens. And uh, we we don't know what's going to happen. We never know what happens. Every week we do this show, there's always some unpredictable nature, whether we have a guest or when we not have a guest. We just sang a song like, maybe the Nazis won't be that bad (laughs) song. It's probably why I was taken out of the movie. (laughs) You know... I was hanging out with a Nazi the other day, and I just said to myself, maybe I'll just keep butting my lip. I'll be I right. mean, that's a song that's basically saying that, hey, totalitarianism, we'll figure it out. There's let's, no way to stop it. Just let's let's ride life. this wave. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like what we're doing now. We're enjoying ourselves in spite of all the bullshit that goes on. Ignore it. Move on. Find happiness. Um, Spend your mind. Exactly. Let, let, let the shit work itself out. Ilan Guru. Nah. This is the, the words from the Elan Guru. This has been another edition of Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thanks to Daniela Sumerano yeah, for calling awesome. in. Hit us up on email for all of your questions. Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We are all over the web, iTunes, SoundCloud, and our main site, LostandRewound.Potomatic.com. Mm-hmm. My name's Alan. And I'm Jimmy. I'm Allison. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Take care. Lost and Rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn. You're a catch, buddy. Don't sell yourself short. You could be sexually harassed, too. Maybe you show a little more skin. Do something with that hairline, you know? (laughs)